Let's go in-depth on Hawkeye sports with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Hawk Central, powered by G-Mig's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Oh, man, this is always a fun one, Chad. Not only is it Cyhawk Week, so we get a lot to uh, to talk about and chew on here, but we get a chance to chat with Coach Brian Ferentz today. First of all, my buddy Chad Lystico, How are you today, man? Great. Yeah, yeah. real fun to have. Uh, this is our first foray into in-season assistant coach interviews, so excited about that. Uh, an assistant coach might even be a little bit of a light title yeah, for, for Coach Brian Ferentz. Coach, thanks for giving us some time today. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for giving us time on in a busy week and a busy day, but I want to take you back a little bit on Saturday uh, special day. We, we everybody's had a chance to kind of chat with your dad. He's he's almost, I think, kind of sick of talking about this hunt to uh, to finally pass Hayden Fry. But man, that had to have been a special day for you. Can you kind of take us down to uh, the sideline on Saturday afternoon when when you realize your dad's the winningest coach in Iowa football history? Sure. Well, you know, obviously it was um, it was a tough, highly contested game, and we knew that going in, and. Uh, we knew we were going to play a good football team. They're going to be motivated. Certainly didn't help ourselves early in the game with, with some of our uh, some of our self-inflicted wounds there. So to come out in the second half and and put some things together, play a little bit better, uh, be able to get the win. Certainly that was most important Saturday. And, you know, the best we could do was be one and zero on Saturday. But uh, being one and zero Saturday was able to uh, we were able to you know, go ahead and get that. Uh, that win for the head coach, which is which is all we need. And uh, you know, I'll tell you guys the same thing that I, I told the Big Ten Network crew on Friday when they asked about it. Uh, number one, in this profession, you never take anything for granted. Uh, certainly a remarkable accomplishment. But uh, I think when you look at the big picture, uh, you know, it's not really about who has 144 or who has 143. Uh, I think what's more interesting is you look at two head coaches over 39 years in one game uh, that are able to win almost 300 games you know, combined, or excuse me, 400 games combined. Um, and you think about all the guys that have come through this program and played here uh, and been a part of that, and, and you're talking about essentially the same culture and the same lessons, uh, I think that's remarkable. And I think that's really what we should all be celebrating and, and thinking about. All right, take me back to right around halftime, all right? Game's three to nothing. I'm a fan sitting here in the WHO studios waiting to do a, a post-game call-in show, Coach. So as far removed uh, mentally as you are from, from being on the sideline as a coach, I'm wrapped up. I'm disappointed in the way the team has looked in that first half. And with about 90 seconds to play in the first half, the camera catches you and Coach Ference, and there's kind of a light moment between the two of you. I saw a relaxed demeanor from both of you and it put me at ease as a fan what what did you see in that first half that gave you more calm than than i saw as a panicked fan here in des moines well um I, you know i don't know how calm i was maybe, maybe he told a good joke or something but uh you know what, what you try to do is uh look i've seen us practice i've seen us prepare um i've seen us dating back now talking about really about 18 months in the system i know what we're capable of um, and and what we were doing in the first half was clearly not that and um what you try to do is is as a coach you learn over time really it's about staying the course trusting your preparation uh, trusting the things you've done in the process that that you've adhered to Uh, so what we felt like i think at the end of that first half was we're fortunate to be in a three nothing football game Uh, we haven't done ourselves any favors what we need to be concerned about and what we need to do is, is really just focus on 
on doing what we do a little bit better with a little bit more detail, cleaning up our execution, uh, quitting the unforced errors, and really eliminating some of that bad football that we had played up until that point. Uh, and that was the focus of, of halftime. And I thought we were able to respond and do that a little bit better in the third quarter. Yeah, coach, uh, regarding some of the, you know, the, the stuff you'd like to clean up, I, I would, I'm sure you're not thrilled with the passing game production, at least. Uh, Nick Easley didn't have a catch for the first time in his career, and, and Brandon Smith seemed to have a little trouble on the edge. Um, what uh, what was your kind of assessment of that wide receiver group, the passing game, what wasn't clicking, and maybe those two guys in particular? Sure, well, you know, I think um, you'd have to be really crazy to look at the first half and feel like we threw the ball as effectively as, as we'd like to. But more importantly, as we need to moving forward, if we're going to have a good football team, and uh, I would start with uh, in, in the case of both of those guys, um, you know, I think this everything in the passing game uh, certainly starts with protection. We felt like that was there in the first half. We, we were pleased with the pass protection. Uh, thought our tackles did an excellent job. We knew they had a good rusher. We knew they had a good defensive line. Uh, these guys had a lot of sacks a year ago, so everything starts with protection. That was there. The next component of the passing game is always going to be a quarterback. And, you know, I think, frankly, we, we probably didn't play as well there as we would have liked. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick didn't have a catch. Uh, certainly had an opportunity on the second, third down of the game, and, and we throw the ball in the dirt. So uh, that doesn't help anything. And then with Brandon, same thing. First play of the game, we got an opportunity to get him a catch out there in the hitch. Not a great ball, probably catchable, but not a great ball. That didn't help. Um, so. And when you have multiple things that, that are causing issues in the passing game, it's hard to find any rhythm and really get anything going. So uh, certainly the emphasis for us right now uh, is going to be on cleaning up play, not, not just at the receiver position, but at the quarterback position and uh, up front with the protection as well. Uh, this is kind of a – you're kind of in a unique spot with this Cyhawk game. Uh, you know, as you look back, you took part in several of these, and you won a couple in 2003, 2004, and then lost one in 2005. What's as you as you think back to those times as a player, and what these players now are going through? What sticks with you more, the wins or the losses? Uh, I think as a player or coach, you you tend to dwell more on failures and um, things that you did not do well. I think if you're a competitor, it's a lot easier to remember the things that didn't go your way uh, that you did not get done. And and so for me, it's you know in my entire career whether I was playing or coaching, dating all the way back to junior high, I, I remember games we lost uh, more specifically. And then in some unfortunate years, you end up remembering a lot of games. Uh, a little bit harder to remember the ones you win sometimes. So uh, for, for me, you know, it's always going to be the games we lost. I, I know what that feels like. Uh, this is an important game. This is a big game. And this is a big deal for, for the state uh, on both sides. This is a big, big deal for both teams on both sides, the players on both sides. Uh, but certainly, if you're from the state of Iowa, uh, I think this game carries a little bit extra special meaning. So, uh, the simplest answer to your question is whether you're a player or a coach. I know this: you feel a lot better when you win this game mm-hmm. than when you lose it. So, uh, w- what you end up remembering is really irrelevant. Uh, but living in the state for a year is a lot easier when you win as opposed <laughs> to when you lose. Is that an emotion, coach, that you're trying to convey to the team at any point during this this week? I don't think you have to. Uh, you know, one thing I know about our football team and our coaching staff, we, we have a lot of people that grew up in this state. Um, we have a lot of people with a lot of experience in this game. Uh, we have a lot of people that, that understand what it means to be an island and how important this thing is. So what we don't need to do is teach anybody or convey anything. They understand that. 
And what we do need to do is keep the focus on what will make a difference on Saturday at 4 o'clock. And, and it's not how you feel about it. It's not pep talks. It's not emotion. It's how you go out and you play the football game. And, and that's what's really important right now, and that's where we need to keep our focus. We've had a conversation just yesterday and today. We didn't have a show on Monday. Uh, but my co-host Chris is a big Cyclone fan. I'm a big Hawkeye fan. We've been trying to decide who kind of gets an advantage here and the fact that Iowa State uh, didn't play in week one. But I think the more specific question I'd have for you, Coach, is we, we've been trying to decide how much of an advantage, disadvantage it is to not have game film on a team from the previous week. So in a normal year of preparation, uh, how much of your weekly game prep would be based on last week's film? How big of, uh, of a miss is that this week? Well, you know, it just it depends really on who you're playing and, and more importantly, who they play. And certainly you'd have a better beat on personnel had they played a full game on Saturday night. Um, but they had the lineup and they went out there and they did a nice job for the seven plays that they played. Uh, they put guys on the field. We know who those guys were. Um, you know, and structurally, we saw some things that, that lead us to believe that they haven't just totally abandoned what they did last year. And I certainly wouldn't imagine they would. They were very good defense a year ago. Uh, did a very nice job. Uh, we're top 25, I believe, in the country in scoring defense, which, which in my opinion, is, is a hell of an accomplishment in that league because that league is a track meet and it's all about scoring points. And they were able to limit teams. And not only did they limit teams, they limited really good offenses. And so uh, when you go back and, and you try to game plan and prepare, you're certainly basing a lot of things off of what you saw on tape. But, um, you know, I piggyback on, on the conference conversation. They play in a conference where – I would say it's a throwing league. There's a lot of passing that goes on in that league. And um, formationally and personnel-wise, there's not always going to be a lot of great tape for us to watch from their from their games that aren't against us. So uh, typically in this series, uh, dating back a long time, the best tape we can see is going to be from our previous games against that staff. Okay. So um, as far as the, the advantage or disadvantage, and I don't know. We, we really can't worry about those things. All we can do is prepare to the best of our ability uh, and go out on Saturday and, and compete to our to our highest level. Kirk Ferentz talked yesterday. Uh, I thought pretty enlightening answer um, when we asked about uh, the returns of, of your four suspended uh, tackles, uh, just all the stuff that they uh, – kind of their entire punishment, uh, you know, four hours of community service on Friday, uh, eight on Saturday during the game. That's got to be a somewhat humbling – um, and obviously you serve on the scout team. You know, these are starting linemen on the scout team. Um, as you kind of discuss discipline as a staff, uh, is what do you hope that the other guys, you know, you know, you kind of have a sense these guys are learning their lesson. What do you hope the other guys maybe on the team learn from watching them go through that and kind of earn their spot back? Sure, that's, that's a good question, Chad. What I'll tell you is this. Um, you know, I remember a couple weeks ago when we visited with you guys uh, Phil and I and uh, LeVar, mm-hmm. you know, um, I get the question about, you know, what's the approach without the tackles? And and, and I understand that question from the outside. I really do. But uh, I think one thing that, that you have to understand from our perspective, uh, f- football is a violent game and um, there are no guarantees. So, so one thing that we always understand as a program, not just as a coaching staff, as a program of players is, you know, all of us are replaceable. That's where you have to start. This is a tremendous privilege to be able to do this um, and be a part of this program. But at some point, we're, we're all going to get replaced. Um, mm. You know, if I get hit bus, by a bus tomorrow, 
I promise you we'll kick the game off at 4 p.m. on Saturday and somebody will be calling the plays. Right. Probably better than me. So <laughs> we can all be replaced. And, and uh, you know, guys get hurt, injuries happen. What you have to do with is, is just deal with those things. And I, I always laugh. I get home and I'm, and I'm with my family and my brother-in-law asks a question about so-and-so getting hurt. And, oh, my gosh, what are you guys going to do? And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, you know, I didn't even really notice. Um, mm. Because you, the show goes on. Right, I guess that's that's my point. And we all need to be able to adjust and move on the fly. Unfortunately, we didn't have those four guys last week. We had a lot of good stories of guys stepping in and doing what you expect them to do. And, um, you know, that that's the world we live in as far as the discipline issue goes. It's like I said a couple of weeks ago, I, I just I feel very strongly about how we do things. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat. I, I don't know that our way is the right way or the best way. I just know it's the best way for us. And, and at the end of the day, if we have a good football team, if we're going to have a good program and, and if we're going to produce good football players and more importantly, people that think right and do right, um, there's going to have to be accountability. And, and I think everyone on our football team needs to understand uh, that, that there will be no bending to the rules. There will be no special provisions. Uh, we're not going to have individual programs. This is a football team. There's expectations. It's, it's totally normal for guys to make mistakes. That's what college-age guys do. When I was a younger person, I made a lot of mistakes. I make a lot of mistakes now. I still do. Um, so I think what's important is, and we try to be very fair about it, everything is dealt with on a case-by-case basis. Um, we're going to treat everybody fairly, not everyone the same. But at the end of the day, uh, there's going to be standards, and if you don't meet those standards, there's going to be consequences. So everyone on our football team, they need to understand that, and it's not a threat. Um, and it's not even really a punishment. Uh, I look at more like a lesson. And sometimes we all need to learn lessons. I know I'm guilty sometimes too. That's a good answer. Real good answer. Uh, wanted to, as we wrap and up I'd, here. I'd just say real quick, Coach, don't get hit by that bus. We, nobody's yeah. had the chance to secure that com domain yet. So, you know, you got to give it a couple <laughs> years at this position, right? Well, I, I'm surprised that's not secured yet. But, uh, trust me, I'm working on it every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, just watch out. Those buses are kind of reckless over by Kinnick, though, so just just be careful <laughs> over there, please. You do have to look out for them. Yeah. Uh, ex- uh, you're getting into kind of the nitty-gritty of this week's game. Uh, it seems like Iowa State, from my perspective, they changed a little bit the way they played defense um, after you guys played them in Ames last year and won that game. What do you... As you look at the, the your game plan this week, you can just give us the whole game plan here if you want. Yeah, they but, aren't uh, listening, coach. So yeah. you go right ahead. This is <laughs> Hawk, to, Hawkeyes only. Well, where do you, you know? How do you feel like you guys need to kind of attack this defense? You know, I think um, you know when you look at the game a year ago, uh, it's, it's kind of an outlier. I think if, if you're going to be honest and right. evaluate it, both both in our performance and and in theirs. So. Um, I just I think what you have to look at in this football game is that this is a really sound defensive football team and, and it starts with obviously the head coach who's a, a very good football coach and um you know has a tough hard-minded background uh, but when you talk about their defense i think you really got to start with coach haycock he's done a tremendous job um a really tremendous job and, and i remember telling the media that the, before the last year the game the, the play-by-play people i just remember telling them you know you're talking about a really good football coach that's coached a lot of football and if you look at them all the way back to Toledo when they've been together as a staff, um, the one thing they've done is they, they've, they've found a way to defend what they need to defend on a weekly basis. And all I mean by that is, you know, going back to the Mid-American Conference, they, 
they looked a little bit different than they look right now um, with some of their coverages and the way they played some things. But structurally, they're pretty similar. And then you look at them in 2016 as they were improving every week and growing uh, and learning. Um, you know, they, they were morphing and they were becoming a good defense in that conference and defending some of the things they were seeing on a week-to-week basis in the Big 12. And then I thought last year they certainly took the next step in doing that. Um, but, you know, some of the things that they went to later in the season were certainly a little bit different than what they were doing in the beginning of the season when we played them. Yeah. And that's something that we have to take into account. And uh, c- Certainly there's some uncertainty on how they're going to come out and, and try to match up with some of the things we do that are a little bit different from maybe what they see on a week-to-week basis there. Uh, but the flip side of that is there's some things they do uh, that we don't see on a week-to-week basis in, in the Big Ten. So uh, the bottom line is we're playing a very well-coached football team. It's very sound in what they do. Um, they're very structured in their defense, and they play very well within that structure. And, and although it may be a little bit different at times, uh, they know how to fit, and, and they know how to play within the coverages that they play and to me, that's just a sign of coaching. I have the utmost respect for those guys and the way they've coached their football team. Most importantly, they play very hard defensively, and they rally to the football. And you look at the games they won last year, some of those big games, a lot of that had to do with playing really good defense. And that's not to minimize anything else they do. But their football team, you know, it's like any football team, it's going to start and end with good defense. So we have a big challenge in front of us. We look forward to that. We certainly embrace that. And we look forward to competing on, on Saturday afternoon in Kennedy Stadium. Final questions, Coach. Uh, first of all, with Ivory Kelly Martin, any updates on, on his status right now? Or is he still kind of up in the air for the weekend? Yeah, we're still trying to you know figure out where we're going to be in the backfield there okay. uh, on Saturday. Uh, he's working awfully hard to get back from that little nick. But uh, the bottom line for us is you know it's kind of like the tackle situation a, a week ago. Uh, whoever's available on Saturday, we're going with them. You know, if it's Ivory, great. Uh, if he's not there, we've got other guys that are willing to step in there and carry the load, and we feel good about that. Yeah, it looked like you really uh, utilized that kind of three-headed monster, for lack of better terms, on Saturday that we talked about or anticipated during the offseason. Then in that second half, Torn Young gets the ball and really looked fantastic. We've been trying to decipher since that that we saw those those breakout runs from him if he was the most dynamic back, if this was uh, a fresh legs working against a, a tired, beat-up defense, as you kind of went back and evaluated this, how do you how do you break that down? Well, you know, uh, I, I remember saying on media day that um, I think the word I used uh, to describe Torn was unspectacular. And uh, I would stand by that. I meant it as the highest compliment. And I still believe that. Uh, what I mean by it is Torn Young is a guy that uh, – you know, maybe he doesn't jump off when they're out there running in condition other than he's working his tail off. But, you know, he's probably not the fastest back we have. Uh, he's probably not the most elusive and agile back we have. Uh, but I know this. He's a violent runner. He's a good runner. He's a really good football player. And the best thing he does is get on the football field and carry the ball. And and we needed a spark. And Torrin Young was the guy that went in there and gave it to us. And, you know, I look at a guy like Torrin Young or a guy like Brady Ross Guys that kind of are a little bit unsung, but go in there and, and they add tempo to our football team. And, and we take on a certain identity uh, when we have guys like that in the football game. And those are the kind of guys you want to play with. It makes you feel good. Coach, thanks for giving us time here on a Wednesday, man. I know this is a, a busy week for you, and it's always a busy time, but thank you very much. We yeah, appreciate it. It means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, Ross, Chad, thank you guys very much.
You bet. I'll talk to you soon. Coach Brian Ferentz from the Iowa coaching staff. That's uh, Man, we didn't quite get the uh, what the what those guys in Ames. Is that what it was last time, Chad? We had, had a little bit of fun. I, I say we had some fun with Coach Ferentz, and then I think one of the T-shirt companies had yeah, right. a little bit of fun or made some money off of it. I'm not sure exactly how that worked. Yeah, but. we can talk about what stood out in that interview and maybe our next segment when we get Emmert back. But uh, good interview. A lot yeah, of fun. That was fun. Mark Emmert will join us next as we roll along with Hawk Central on 1460 KXNO.